words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. How can God be known? Or perhaps on a more personal level, uh, we may ask the question to ourselves or may ask somebody else, how can I know God? Knowing God or being in a uh, relationship with God is really the end goal or the telos or the intended completion of the mission that God has for his church. It's ultimately the mission of God himself. Very early in the Bible, uh, God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And not much long after that, in our reading at least, uh, when sin entered into the world, uh, this relationship was broken. Uh, but from the very beginning, from that point forward, perhaps even before this happened, uh, God had a plan. Uh, he had a mission uh, to restore this relationship with his people and with his creation. Uh, we see in Genesis 3.15, God telling the serpent, uh, I, I say, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Uh, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And so God's own salvation plan necessitates a mission. And a mission involves work. And so the mission of God works for the purpose that God would come to know his people and his creation, you and me, and also that his creation which is also you and me, uh, would know God. In today's lesson from Matthew's Gospel, we hear words about knowing God. Words like, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone else to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And these words come very soon, uh, it's in, John, in Matthew 11 and Matthew 10, we hear of Jesus. The last few weeks in church we've heard the story. Jesus preparing his disciples and sending them out to do a mission. A mission to the lost sheep of the house of Israel with a message of repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we see that it is at the same time, a costly but also worthy mission. It is costly and dangerous uh, for Jesus is sending his disciples out as sheep among wolves. But it is also a worthy mission because this mission that Jesus has for his disciples uh, makes an opportunity for people to receive forgiveness of sins and also receive everlasting life. And so here in Matthew 11, uh, perhaps Jesus is observing a little bit of uh, how this mission has gone so far. 
in the beginning of, of chapter 11, John's disciples come up to him asking him uh, if he really is who he says he is. Uh, and then Jesus goes on to warn a crowd, the crowd that is there with him, about the faint fate of uh, what he calls unrepentant cities, uh, which is likened to those of us or those um, individuals who did not receive the message of the kingdom of heaven uh, that Jesus commissioned his disciples to give. And so I don't think the results of this mission were shocking to Jesus. He probably knew how it was going to go. But perhaps to us, uh, we might be surprised. We might even be shocked a little bit about how this mission went. We see that uh, the religious people, the educated people, those who are held in high regard, high esteem by the Jewish community, were not, not the ones who were receiving Jesus uh, through this mission that the disciples were on. But rather, we find different people. We find the ones who did receive this good news that Jesus had to offer. Among them, we find the poor, the uneducated, tax collectors, sinners, common people, other people who are just simply living on the margins of society. These are the ones, perhaps surprisingly to all of us, who are coming to know God. Uh, and they know God uh, simply because they have received Jesus, as we heard last week in uh, Matthew 10, 42-42. They received Jesus through his disciples uh, coming to them. And so Jesus now declares, he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Knowing God is not a matter of human knowledge, not a matter of human wisdom or understanding, but rather uh, knowing God is a matter of God's own grace, his own revelation. It is his own initiative. It begins with God and ends with God. And so it is good news to everyone, whether wise or unwise, whether educated or uneducated, whether rich or poor, whether righteous or unrighteous. It doesn't matter. It is good news because the way into the kingdom of heaven is simply through trust and faith in Jesus, not by intellectual abilities or any good work. And so it was and still is God's plan uh, that the lowly, the humble, uh, the marginalized, the despised are able to find their way into Jesus' kingdom. And if those who are wise, if those who are of good esteem, if those who are religious find this kingdom of heaven too, it is in exactly the same way that the, lo the low and the poor find it. It is simply by faith, by trust. It is all through Jesus, the Son. 
And so God can indeed be known uh, because he is revealed in Jesus. And we respond in faith and trust in him. And if we try by any other ways outside of this, uh, we are literally uh, killing ourselves. We are killing our souls, our spirits. And we are putting a burden upon ourselves, upon our backs, uh, that becomes impossible to bear. And so there is nothing outside of divine love, a divine grace, and divine faithfulness that is all of God's goodness to us uh, that brings us back into his fellowship, to brings us back with fellowship with him. Uh, one of the saints of the early church, one of the early church fathers, Saint Irenaeus, said, We cannot know God in his greatness, for the Father cannot be measured, but by his love, and in his love this means, uh, for this it is which leads us to God through the agency of his word, the agency of Christ as being our instrument of salvation, or agent of salvation. It is by his love we ever learn, in obeying him, that this great God exists, and that he himself, by his own will and act, disposed, ordained, and governs all things. And so it is simply by responding to God's love and by following Jesus uh, daily, a simple walk with Jesus, uh, the way of discipleship, um, committing our lives to him and st uh, striving each and every day to live in his presence. It is through this life with Jesus that we come to learn about and we come to know the true nature and the true heart of God, uh, God's heart of love that he has for us. Uh, for the Son knows the Father uh, in a way that no other being or thing can, just as an earthly father and a son know things about each other that nobody else can. And so in following Christ, uh, we learn about God our Father, and we can indeed come to know God. Uh, Jesus goes on to say, he says, words of comfort to us, literally comfortable words in our liturgy. Uh, he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus invites all of us, and he invites everyone uh, to himself uh, for the sole purpose of being united with God, being united with him in fellowship and relationship. And we bring when he invites us to do so, he invites us to bring all of our burdens, everything that weighs us down, everything that makes us weary from life, whether it be responsibilities or our, uh, things at work, at our jobs. Um, perhaps it could even be sins that we are carrying around that we need to deal with and give to Jesus. Anything else? Uh, for it is Jesus who is the one who can bring life from the dead? And is he who can take away those things from us that lead us to death? And so not only does Christ give us this rest that he talks about, uh, this rest in which he takes away the burden of trying to know God on our own human efforts, um, 
little side note, the Pharisees had this uh, saying called the yoke of the law in which they tried to burden people with. They had all these religious laws that you had to keep and it became a, a human system, uh, a human system that um, was your sort of your requirement to say that, yes, I am one of God's true people. Uh, but Jesus had other ideas with this. His law was the law of love and the law of grace. And so, uh, while we may not have these religious laws that we deal with, we also have other things that we burden ourselves with in this life. So he gives us this rest, but he also uh, refreshes us. Uh, some translations of this verse read, um, Come to me, all who are weary, and I will refresh you. And then as he refreshes us, uh, he gives us new life and he gives us new energy, uh, new power and stamina to go about this work of mission uh, right here in this community in which we live. And so we must absolutely necessarily be about this work uh, because the mission of God has not yet been completed in its entirety. The work has been done through Christ, but he is still searching uh, for people. He is still searching for all to come to him in faith. And so I know this for a fact that uh, there are people in this community, in our neighborhoods where we live, that God has chosen uh, to hear the good news of the kingdom from us, from those of us who are sitting here in this room today, for people who are sitting uh, almost getting ready to leave St. George's because we start at 10. Uh, people in Medina right now who are almost probably dismissed because I know a preacher preaches for a short time. But uh, there are people who God has chosen uh, to have, that Jesus has chosen uh, to reveal the Father to, just as the scripture says. And we are a part of this work. Who are people that God perhaps is calling us to share his good news with? And how? Do we share this? And so the church is the body of Christ in the world. We are Christ's body as a congregation, and we form up a small part of this body. We are of one body of Christ as the entire church in the whole world. And so as we embark on this mission that God has for us, as we strive uh, to love and serve this world in gentleness and humility, as we strive to proclaim Christ to all, again, with gentleness and humility, doing all of this by the power of the Holy Spirit, as we go about this work, Jesus himself is revealed through the work of the church. And if Jesus is being revealed, so is the heart and the nature and the love of the Father to those who need him so desperately. Because when we are about this work, that opportunity for people to respond in faith to Christ, the opportunity to know the Father and have a personal relationship with him through Jesus uh, becomes possible. And that is part of the work that we are called to do. This is our mission. This is our work uh, that we are a part of so that for the sole purpose that God may be known and that many may also know God. And this being known, 
this knowingness between God and humanity is only made possible by simple trust, by simple faith. If we were reading John's gospel, it would be simple belief. But we need not fear. It seems like a daunting task. Uh, We don't have to be afraid. Uh, Though Jesus says we are being sent out as sheep among the wolves. Uh, Jesus is with us through in and through all of the work that we do. Uh, For he says to us, uh, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As we embark on this mission of God, Jesus is right there beside us, uh, taking probably more than half of the burden that we have. Probably like 99% of it. And that one little percent is just us responding to God's grace and belief and faith and trust. And so Jesus is with us. Uh, we can be bold, we can be courageous to go about this mission. So the last words of Matthew's gospel touch on this. Simply saying, giving us comfort and encouragement. Uh, Jesus tells his disciples, And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen.